Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I'm Chris Avina with American Outdoor News, and today we have with us Officer Tyler Toman from Brevard County, Florida. Tyler, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, sir. Tyler, you've—how uh, long have you been on the job? I've been with Brevard County for almost four years, and uh, before that, I worked with uh, Volusia County for a year and a half um, in corrections. So, um, say about five and a half years in law enforcement in total. Have you always wanted to be a, a in law enforcement, or just kind of? Um, yeah, my dad was a cop before me, so was my, my mom. So I can't think of anything else I ever wanted to do than law enforcement. Uh, I thought about the military for a little bit, but then um, kind of found my my home in in this career instead. Well, you're pretty young. I mean, you're you're, <laughs> you're what in your mid twenties? Uh, I turned twenty nine in June, so I, I just turned twenty nine. Wow, wow, you look young. Yes, yeah, I'm I'm lucky in that way. Now you were just uh, awarded Officer of the Year. Um, yes, uh, I received Officer of the Year um, for my agency. Uh, for the Chief of Police Association in Brevard County and for the NRA. That's quite an honor. How does one get bestowed an honor like that? Um, all of them, obviously, they're, they're nominated uh, awards. So for me, I, I was involved in a uh, on the on the job an officer involved shooting, um, and uh, some people around me um, decided that 
it fit for what I went through to be considered for those awards. Um, but it's more so a, a group of other people that decide it based on kind of actions that you take throughout the year. Now, I, I saw the video of, of that whole incident and really scary, um, which a lot of people just, you know, they, they take for granted. Um, can you walk us through the events leading up to that? Um, so when I was in patrol, uh, I'm in investigations now, um, but when I was in patrol, I was a very proactive um, cop. I always had that drive to find um, the next big like bust to the, the, the chasing the bad guy all, all the time. That was just who I was, um, or even still am in investigations. <laughs> um, but that day I was working, um, criminal interdiction on the interstate and, uh, we were out there just looking for really bad people, um, people that were trafficking in narcotics, human, uh, human trafficking, um, guns, money, things that, and, um, I saw uh, a car that stood out to me, um, had all the, the bells and whistles going off that, that this, was, this was the car, you know, based on their driving pattern, their reaction to my law enforcement presence and my marked vehicle, things like that. Um, so basically once I saw that, I, I saw that there was traffic violations in the vehicle, made the, made the traffic um, kind of started making contact with people in the vehicle, uh, trying to identify people, um, things like that. And uh, obviously, as we were getting through that process, things took a pretty uh, seriously negative turn. And um, the backseat passenger, when asked to exit the vehicle, uh, emerged with a uh, short barrel um, carbine uh, rifle. And wow to open fire on myself and another deputy on scene, uh, Brian Potters. And it quickly went from looking for a bad guy to fighting for survival. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't the average bad guy. He was, he had made up his mind. He was there to, you know, it was, it was him or us. And um, there were points in the exchange where he, he aggressed on us with this short barrel rifle with a, uh, I, I wholeheartedly believe in the intention of killing both myself and Brian Potters. Um, unfortunately for him, uh, we we both made it out of it alive, um, and and unfortunately he did not. Uh, he succumbed to his wounds from the shooting, and we went to go on to live and you know experience time with our families and. Uh, a routine traffic stop, so to speak, yeah, can turn bad very quickly. Um, yeah, I, I, I believe they say the shooting, to my recollection, it feels like it's longer, um, but they say it lasted 40 seconds, roughly, um, from the first shot to the last shot was approximately 40 seconds. Um, I think in total the traffic stop was maybe 10 minutes or less. Um, uh, the vehicle came to a stop to the time that um, the shooting was was over and that sort of thing. So it was it was under ten minutes from first contact, I believe. 
does it uh, when you're in the moment? Does everything feel like it's in slow motion or it's just boom, it's done? It, it felt like you, to my, the best way I can explain it, it felt like I was in like molasses, like you're in sludge. Your brain feels like everything is overwhelming and everything's slowing down. And, and um, in reality, it's not. But to me, I felt like the entire, um, from first shot to last shot, I, I felt like that incident was several minutes. Um, I remember somebody asking me, and that was my answer. That I, fe I felt like it was at least two or more minutes of, of exchange of gunfire, but it actually wasn't <laughs> after watching the video. How it, far were you? How far away were you from him? From the um, from once I was in a position to be able to engage in, in a gunfight with him and I was, I was able to get into the gunfight. Uh, he was at the front of his car and I was at the back of my patrol SUV. So I would say about two car lengths and maybe another three feet in between the cars. So not very far. So less than 20 feet. Uh, I'd probably say a little, a little, something like that. A little further than that. Yeah. So that's, pretty damn close at at moments it was that far and then at moments it was arm's length away we were we, wow. were, pretty, we were pretty close at at the at the end of it so you were you and your partner are both you know able to walk away from it he was was he wounded your partner um yeah he uh, the i believe it was the midsection of his um shin and the round hit the shin and then kind of turned and rolled down his shin through his ankle and into the top of his foot uh, top of his heel um where it got i believe it got stopped or wedged there wow. um so he had to undergo some surgeries for that to be able to uh heal and, and walk properly in, in those things okay is he still uh active duty i'm, I'm sorry you you cut out for a second is he still active duty? He's still on the job? Uh, he still is currently uh, employed by the agency uh, as of right now to the, the situation. He had some trauma to the front and rear of his head that he's he has not returned to duty yet. Um, he's undergoing some of those, uh, some treatment for those issues. Well, um, so you both able to uh walk away from it so to speak yeah how's the healing process afterwards um i i didn't have any uh actual injuries from the incident itself uh for me i was very lucky um i i actually uh i had to i had to look at the picture of remember it um i busted the blood vessels along the because i'm a right-handed uh shooter yeah i gripped my gun so hard that i busted the blood vessels in the bottom of my hand that was the wow. extent of my injuries um fear ultimately takes over to a point where it is you're you're down to your basic animal instincts of, of fight flight freeze you know do what you can to survive um and that's where my injury came from brian on the other hand got Shot in the leg, and then him and um, the suspect uh, got into a um, kind of a physical altercation due to 
uh, a malfunction or um, some, something that rendered the rifle um, basically out of battery and it, it couldn't be remedied on scene. So he actually resulted to using the rifle as a bludgeoning tool to try and beat Brian to death with it. Wow. Um, which it caused several fractures and, and serious um, injuries to Brian's front and rear of his head. Um, so during that portion, Brian sustained some, some pretty heavy head injuries too. So for him, he's, his process is a lot longer than mine, um, but he's got the recovery process for the mental side, the physical side, and then making sure that his, his brain is taken care of. Uh, traumatic injuries that he, he received there. Were there any traumatic or, or PTSD issues for you afterwards or? Uh... Um, I, I, I joke with, with um, the sheriff occasionally about it. I was told the day of my shooting, they said that I was, I was going to be put on it admin leave, which we all expect admin leave will pay. And sure. so you're cleared to come back. Um, had uh, I had extra duty, like off-duty details scheduled that weekend, which was I think like four days away or three days away after my shooting. Um, how and, and I remember asking, "Am I even have time to work these?" And he's like, "Everyone's like probably not." So I wound up taking, I getting given fourteen days off work, um, which I used as time to go visit my family. I have some family who lives up in Tennessee, uh, my parents. So I went and visited my family, which was great for my mental health. Sure. Um, I got to kind of decompress there for a while and then came back, went through the whole process. I will say you realize, or at least I realize for me personally, um, I find myself a little more aware than I was before. Um, not that I was, would say, lackadaisical on that traffic stop or complacent on that traffic stop by any means. Um, I think we both knew something was wrong there. We just did what is and we were trying to get to that portion of the the traffic stop that portion of the investigation but there were traffic stops before that where i i will wholeheartedly admit i i reached complacency where you just don't you don't think it'll ever be you yep so i wouldn't necessarily say post-traumatic stress in a way but as a a, a very serious wake-up call that i'm able to come back to work and conduct traffic stops it'll be or I still occasionally work the interstate interdiction where I, I actually got into that incident at, out there working that. I still go back and work it occasionally um, it, as much as I can, honestly. <laughs> so for the most part, mentally, I, I think I'm good for now. I mean, uh, obviously, you can talk to some veterans and stuff like that that I work with that say it could crop up later in life. So I try to focus heavily on my mental health um, which I think will hopefully help me in, in the long term. Uh, through, you know, time and experience, you become a little more cautious in uh, the way you approach things. You're a little more, um, uh, you analyze things before you step in. Yeah, a little slower. <laughs> Taking an extra step back. So now you're in investigations. Yes, sir. What does that entail? Um, so I work for our one of our general crimes units. Um, so I work most uh, most felony persons crimes. 
So we have specialty units for homicide, uh, special victims for, um, for sex crimes and things like that. Um, we work most of your, your stuff, like an aggravated battery, stuff like that, we work. Um, burglaries to your house, your vehicle, um, stolen property that's, that means to get sent up to me or one of my partners in, in my current zone. Um, and so we, we do that investigation there. And so if I, if I get a case that say, uh, like a, like a felony, um, someone broke in your house and stole some stuff out of there, that that's the kind of stuff I work for. If somebody shoots at somebody, but they don't hit them or they don't, they don't, you know, kill them, then I'll work that case too. So we're kind of a jack of all trades in this current. Well, in today's climate, um, what do you come across most often? We, in my zone currently, we deal with a lot of theft. Um, and I don't know necessarily that I can't really pinpoint it to one thing, like whether it's, you know, the influx of cost of living or if it's if it's a drug-related issue. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of reasons why people do what they do. Um, we do a lot of, a lot of more theft and more fraud, at least at this current time. Um, but you get waves of different, different things throughout the year. So it's on the rise right now. I don't know if on the rise is the right, the right term. It's just, it's, it, we're, we're in a, we're in a moment where for right now, that's what we're dealing with more of is, is the thefts at the beginning of the year, um, during tax season, we get a lot of frauds. So we get a lot of people that are trying to fraud people that comes in so yeah. you get it, it just all depends on what almost what season it is <laughs> yeah it sounds it's, like, it's like you, you get little bubbles of yep uh spurts of uh different crimes yeah huh. so what's uh what's next for you where where do you see yourself going from here um i i will probably see myself being in or a little bit, just kind of building up that uh, like that knowledge, that training and experience that way. I, I'd say I see myself here for at least two years um, or more. Um, mm -hmm. There's a term, there's a thought process in, in law enforcement that when you first become a cop, you don't know how to be a cop until you've been one for at least three years or, or longer. And I think that kind of holds through true here. You don't have to truly in-depth investigate a crime until you've been doing it for a while. So after that, then um, I'm very open to some more specialty uh, investigative um, avenues, maybe um, something along the lines of our narcotics unit or, or something else. You know, you never know. I mean, it could be could be anything. I guess it just depends on how I feel in a couple of years. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start a little trouble here. Um, how long before you run for sheriff? <laughs> oh, uh, I'm a little young for that. I, I don't think I have the experience to try and, uh, fill, fill the shoes of, uh, of, uh, Sheriff Ivy. He's, he's doing what he's elected to do and he's doing it great. So the, those of us here, we love him. Our community loves him. Um, because of the things he does, our community loves us. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I can't. Um, 
the, the work and, and the effort he puts into making a, a successful agency, um, a respected agency and an agency that the community looks at us where, you know, we're not, we're not mistreated by our community. Typically, um, we, we get respect and, and treated well by people. Um, so you find people in, in Florida are, are more, uh, officer friendly, uh, or they're more, you know, I don't know about Florida in general, but at least the areas I've worked in um, over here in Brevard County, uh, working in, in Cape Canaveral, working in um, working in uh, our North Precinct, our East Precinct and stuff like that. I know uh, I know for a fact you you will get a different clientele between here in the larger cities like Miami or Orlando or Daytona, where I grew up over in Volusia County. Uh, yeah. area. You get a different, you get a different group of people. Um, so it's, uh, it's nice here. It's nice here. I don't, I don't, I don't see myself leaving anytime soon. That's for sure. So you won't be coming up to, uh, to New York to be a, a police officer here. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. We're, we're getting, we actually just got a couple of people who left, uh, New York and came to us. So it's, um, yeah, they're leaving here in droves. Is, is the sheriff's office is recruiting um, heavily right now. I mean, and, and we have a sheriff that backs us. Uh, if you're doing it right and you're out here fulfilling the, the mission of the agency and, and you're not, you know, putting a, a bad a bad light or a bad look on the agency, he'll back you all the way. And, and I think that's the one thing that so many people miss out on working at other agencies. Um, so we're, we're definitely uh, we're definitely that's great that's great well i definitely appreciate you coming on i know you you know you're at work so you have things to do <laughs> yeah I'm, i uh, i i scheduled out a little time for this today um so my sergeant knows i i'm good on my caseload that way we could we could have this time to talk and make sure that we could get this story out to more people you know that it helps it helps law enforcement around the nation um watching hearing what actually happened and, and hearing our side of the story, mine and Brian's side of the story. Um, we're hoping it, it helps make cops safer every day. And we're also hoping that it sheds light to the communities um, around us of, of the potential dangers in this career. Um, you know, it, it it's a 50, 50 chance every time you respond to a call or talk to somebody or, or do a traffic stop or anything, but it, you begin the worst person you'll ever experience in your entire career it's it's a flip of the coin every time so well, i come from a, a law enforcement family um my father my uncle my cousin they were all on the job and i know um that you have one of the few jobs that your main job is to make it home at night and and yep. That may or may not be possible, depending on circumstance, and and a lot of people neglect to see that, or or refuse to see it. Uh, I'll definitely say, you know, I, I have a I have a wife and a, a beautiful three month old baby now, and uh, I, I have my son, and but I'll definitely say um, I will do everything I can to make it home alive every day. Um, but we we don't get that from nobody gets the promise of tomorrow. But um, there are definitely times where. You know, we're going to a call that we know in the bad. Um, this one, 
you know, I mean, any one of them could be the one, but, but you're going to a certain call and you, and you know, in the back of your head, this, this could be the one. Um, so it's, it's things that you have to be able to come to terms with. Otherwise you won't be able to do the job the way you have to, to protect other people, yourself, your, your partners. Um, you just kind of have to be able to put that, put that thought behind you and, and go in and do your job to the best of your abilities. Well, I certainly appreciate what you do and, you know, the rest of the people that do it along with you. Uh, it definitely takes a team. It's not a, it's not a solo job. Um, but, uh, hey, I, I definitely appreciate you, appreciate you guys. And I, I thank you for taking the time today to speak to us. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, sir. All right. You stay well, be safe, and hope to see you again at uh, some of the shows. Absolutely. Thanks again. Thank you. We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstance, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the hardest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join huntofalifetime.org to help make dreams come true, to provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit huntofalifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference.